You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. There's no main questions that pop to mind. The one, the only main question is, I noticed you have an accent. I'm curious where you are from. <laughs> I'm from uh, Pawtucket, Rhode Island, just outside oh, of okay. Providence. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So, actually, birthplace of the Industrial uh, Revolution. First, uh, like, um, a mill that was put on the river and used the you know the the moving water for energy for the mill and basically the whole textile industries of the northeast kind of just built off of that and awesome. uh yeah so old city old industrial city and actually used to have the company uh hasbro the toy manufacturer mm-hmm. there yeah. um there's just corporate or yeah. you know offices there but uh yeah sure. yeah so uh yeah well um all right, so let's let's uh, let's get into it. Um, first, sure, yeah. first, first big question is, uh, what were you like as 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 a young child? What type of things were you were you interested in? So, as a young child, um, my main passions actually lied in sports. I was I was very much into the three major ones: football, baseball, and basketball. When I was young. And I I played some little league here and there. And uh, at, aside from sports, um, hanging out with the neighborhood kids, I we had a pretty large VHS collection in in my house. So, um, like I said, uh, I was kind of raised in front of a TV with with movies specifically, um, and it just kind of took my imagination. And I didn't quite dive into wanting to make films until a little later um but as a child um you know going out into the woods with the friends and pretending we're rambo or you know whatever um reciting lines from movies that we probably shouldn't have watched at the age that we watched them um not many 10 year olds probably watch die hard when they're homesick from from school but uh (laughs) Yeah, maybe um, maybe more should the message right, exactly. right? <laughs> yes. um, yeah and no that that, that kind of shaped my personality um, my friends kind of regarded me as as uh, comedic at times and um, yeah I I grew up with uh, an older sister she's two years older than me and uh, we we kind of hung out here and there but it was mostly just me with the neighborhood kids. I uh, grew up in a small town, Philomath, Oregon, about 4,000 people. Um, and it's growing a little bit now. But, yeah, I uh, I was fairly outgoing and uh, had a good good upbringing. Mom and dad, high school sweethearts, so they raised us well. And, yeah, that's uh, – yeah. uh. That's, I had a good, I had a good childhood. <laughs> oh, that's that, that, that's you know, it's 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 really really great, really great to hear. Um, yeah. You know, and and just uh, so the the role of film, you know, I, I have this, I have, I can share a couple things with you mm-hmm. that I, that I share similarly. My dad is a huge uh, film buff and sure. watched tons and tons and tons of films, 
And it was really funny because prior to, you know, being able to look things up on Google, on your phone, I'd call him in. I'd be like, Dad, Dad, who the heck is, who's this actor? And really right. obscure, obscure film, obscure actor. And he'd say who it is. And then he'd cross-reference about five or six films that he was in. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, I grew up around that encyclopedic knowledge and know like you know how film can be just really important something to have uh around as a i think a lot of times as as a bit of a as a bit of escape so mm -hmm. um so 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 one of the things uh, uh that that you do um is as well as your manager um of a uh, independent cinema dark side cinema in yeah. corvallis um, but you also um, uh, do music, and um, uh, I know some of the themes um, with your music uh, kind of hover around uh, you know, themes of uh, film. Sure. And, uh, you know, kind of like a movie soundscape, I, I guess I would say. Absolutely. But yeah, and so I'm, 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 you know, I see the, those things kind of moving back and forth between each other. But tell us about your. Um, your your process of uh, creating of creating music um, and 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 where it comes from because from some of your descriptions it's, it sounds like you're you're kind of capturing things or you're capturing sounds and um, are letting things um, arise is, is that the case is that how how you go about it. Uh... That's kind of the case now. It didn't start out that way. I didn't get into music until after high school. I graduated in 2005, and it was around that time that I, I – well, I'll backtrack a little bit. I've, I had a good friend who uh, took drum lessons, and I would go sit in on his drum lessons, and I've always been – I've always gravitated towards rhythm when I listen to music. Uh, lyrics kind of fall by the wayside, but I'm always listening to to the drums. And so I've I've had there was no musical talent in my family, um, so I didn't think I had it in me. But then when I graduated high school, um, I my friend had a drum kit and it was in his garage, and he was very musical at the time, and he still is. And uh, we just kind of sat down and I started to play and it sounded terrible, obviously, because, as you know, there's a few musical savants out there that can just play a tune immediately. But most of us, you know, it, it, it sounds like uh, hot garbage for for a little while. <laughs> um, so I yeah, so I started playing the drums and then I joined um, a couple bands and I was playing their music. I wasn't uh, doing anything of my own at the time. And it, until about. Oh, let's see, probably four years ago, I started to kind of branch off from those bands and I started exploring um, different sounds that I um, that I admired or that I was curious about. And then I started to kind of play around uh, specifically within the drum set. I started to play around with creating different ways to play it. Um, that I found interesting. I, I started to follow a lot of freeform avant-garde jazz musicians. Um, and the way that they approach music was very fascinating to me, just kind of uh, on, on the fly in a way, just in the moment, whatever you're feeling at the time, you play that and, and uh, you just kind of let it go and, and, and go with it. So I started to do that with the drums specifically. And, it wasn't until a couple years ago I started to get into synthesizers. Um, 
and I've been exploring that, uh, those possibilities, which are endless. It's just enormous. All the, all the things that you can create within a synthesizer. And I've been pairing the two drums and, and synthesizers, but yeah, mostly, uh, the process for me is I just, you know, if I have a feeling I'll play to that feeling and see where it takes me. I really like that description and I like how, um, you described that that at the end that really brought it in for me and I and I heard uh, some of that in uh, in your songs. Mm-hmm. Um, we're 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 talking with Joey Bauer on uh, something rather than nothing podcast and um, what we're gonna do, uh, Joey, is play a track um, sure. of uh, 12, 12 ribs and I'm gonna play it and it's off uh, telepornac telepornographic hypnosis conspiracy. And it's by your alter ego, uh, The Obvious. That would be correct. Yes, The Obvious, absolutely. All righty. There we go. Uh, We're going to play 12 Ribs. really like that track joey thank you yeah yeah uh, that album actually is is if we if we want to talk about that for a little bit that was uh quite that was that was a fun album to do um yeah tell, tell us a, about that why was it why sure was it so a fun album? tell us well the approach to it was was different and i i had a couple of my friends help me with just a few songs i had uh my friend charlie who i was in a band with uh he he did some bass for a couple tracks and my other friend Kellen, who I am currently doing music with, he did a few um, a few things as well. But for that album, what I did is I went into the uh, recording studio 
Um, cause the band that I was in at the time, we have a practice space that also doubles as a recording studio. And so we had my drums mic'd up, uh, 24 seven. So I could just go in whenever I wanted to and, and turn on the computer and, and record. And so what I did is I, uh, I just played all, all the tracks. That is the first thing that came to my mind. Um, I didn't have a plan. I would just go in, push record and then start playing the drums. And then from there, I would take what I did and then I would listen to it a couple times and then build on that and see what I wanted to layer over it. So with that track in particular, um, I just kind of, I had this idea after I did the drums of just kind of like a, a weird jazz piece. Um, and I'm not, I'm not trained in, in keyboards either, but I just kind of did whatever with that. And, uh, so yeah, recorded the drums first and then just layered things on top of it. And uh, going back to film with that track, there's a there's a piano bit where it kind of goes dun dun dun. Um, one of my musical heroes is Ennio Morricone, and he did the score for the film The Untouchables. And their oh, theme well, song yeah. for that it has this this kind of driving. Uh, this driving sound, and then it has this specific like. So I was trying to emulate certain things from that film in that track as well, which I thought was a lot of fun. Yeah, I uh, when I was listening to the track itself, um, the one thing that it, it's come up to my mind twice uh, last couple times I've listened to it is that it seems to me like it holds together and I want to keep listen, listening to this conversation, but it's almost like three people trying to each get attention and talk at a party. Like there's these sure. voices. Yeah. It's like, listen to me. And I know there's the, like the piano uh, barging in, but it's like, listen to me. And I keep hearing that throughout the track. And I thought it was sure. just, no, that's, I thought it was yeah, so that's... entertaining in that way. And uh, yeah, feeling kind of like a movie scene a little bit too. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, that that was that was a great that was a fun album to do. I did that in the summertime, 2017, I believe. Um, and then from there, it just progressed. I, I, uh, that was I opened the barge with that with that album. Yeah. So, so, so talking about that, I mean, you you're you you know you you're you're, you're busy. You got a, a young young family. There's a lot of different mm-hmm. things to do. And then there's this part of you that you know you want to um, create. So. You know what compels you to create something? What 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 drives you to to you know take your time and and, and create you know music and images? Um, I think it stems from it's I once I discovered I had musical capability, um, it started to grow inside me that there were feelings and emotions that I wanted to get out. And a way for me to do that was through music. Um, At first, I wanted to be a filmmaker, and I found that that was quite time-consuming and expensive. Being a musician is also time-consuming and expensive, but you can do things on your own. Whereas uh, with a film, you have to assemble a crew and, and, you know, there's schedules. But with music, I mean, I I could be home by myself and plug in a keyboard and just kind of let loose, um, or play the bongos. Um, so it, I wanted to create because of things inside me that I wanted to, to release, um, in a specific way. And, 
and that was that was through music. Do you feel those things where you could um, you could only express through music? Absolutely. Um, I also like to write, um, and there's certain things I can express through my writing, but mostly uh, the the greatest expression for me is uh, musically. That's 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 really great. I um I, I talked on a previous show about my you know when I started uh, painting, mm-hmm. um, which was transformative as far as my approach and my exploration further in, into art. But um for the really the first time it was like a transition from trying to write or speak, and then I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing with this paint. I don't know what I'm doing with the canvas, but I'm doing sure. something and, um. It's it's a different type of language, and it was like kind of just walking along and being like, okay, I need this language to to get Absolutely. around. Which is yeah. why, of course, I asked the the question about the music because I have a connection to songs in in that way. But I always love to delve into the mind of you know the the, the music creator and how they you arrive at that point. And it sounds like the accessibility. Um, to creating uh, really really helps you. So now. You're, so you're an artist. You're you're creating these songs, and 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 I believe they're you know works of art. Sure. But for, but for you, when when you when you're creating something, um, are you looking to create a work of art? And um, if so, what is it? What is art? What are you creating? Sure. Um, I would I would agree that I am I am trying to succeed in creating art um in corvallis there's a great community for artists uh there's a fantastic noise scene uh where people just do harsh noise or ambient noise or whatever and it's very expressive um but yeah what i what i try to create is i i want i want to i want to put it out there for people and I don't necessarily want a reaction from them, but I just want them to know that I put it out there for them and they can, they can do what they want with it. Um, I've never really wanted to create anything um, to get something from it other than a release, um, an emotional release or, you know, catharsis, whatnot. So, yeah. Um, so what about um, in 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 and that's really helpful to to understand you know beginning with your process but you know what you're looking to do uh, with it is is you know highly personal um, but you're also you know uh, putting that uh, out out there um, and uh, before we move on to film could you just mention specifically about um, you know the 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 names of your albums and 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 Bandcamp maybe your you know the, some of the stuff you have on uh, the Bandcamp uh, app and site Sure yeah so I think the first one telepornographic hypnosis conspiracy I lifted that from a sci-fi book it might have been uh, Logan's run I can't remember uh, specifically but a lot of things stem from my my uh, admiration of of sci-fi. Um, I believe the second or third album on there. It's just seven dots. There's no name to it, but that one I created um, after my wife's grandpa had passed away, and 
there's a lot of emotions kind of bubbling up from from that and i wanted to create an album uh giving my uh respects to to loved ones and the album cover of that one um i particularly enjoy because my son henry i think he was about two and a half or three at the time he cut up a bunch of pieces of paper and he assembled them on the floor in our bedroom and it kind of to me it looked like someone running a person running and i so i took a picture of that and used it as the album cover that's um, fantastic and in <laughs> fact on on that album too he he played some keyboard <laughs> yeah <laughs> he yeah he he just kind of like started uh messing around on it and i added that in i think it might have been the first minute and a half of the fourth track on that album um and then the other ones uh um they stemmed from from me wanting to create music to like i said i wanted to be a filmmaker before and so a lot of the music that i that i do um for my solo stuff comes from the music that i would put in a film that i'm creating in my own mind um very atmospheric soundscape kind of stuff um yeah so it, it it all stems you know from cinema and just from from wanting a release um a meditation in a way of of emotions and stuff so yeah and so and so you uh, in in within within film i mean you work um in in uh, manage dark side cinemas right mm -hmm. and um what why don't you i was i was wondering i wanted to ask you specifically um what's what's the What's the status? What's the what's the vibe around the you know a smaller film house um, nowadays, and what you're able to bring in, and a lot of changes in in the industry? Is it in, in enjoyable? Sure, yeah. Is there a lot of pressure? I mean, what's it like? Um, I would say there's a lot of pressure, and it's it's incredibly enjoyable. Um, the community in Corvallis is is they're very receptive to what we do and what we bring in. Um, we have a couple multiplexes in town. And of course, they're going to play the the superhero films and and those things. And every once in a while, they'll get a an indie film, but mostly that's that's for us and it's catered to our demographic, which is a lot of uh, the the highest demographic for us is uh, age range of forty to sixty five. Um, and we're, I mean, we've transitioned into digital. We're not running 35 millimeter anymore like we used to. I think all that ended in about 2011 or 12. They stopped uh, printing 35 millimeter prints, and everything now is on hard drives. And the little art houses we had to upgrade to uh, to survive. We had to pay some big dollars to get the uh, new equipment in. And the community in Corvallis, they came out first, and they they helped in a big way with some fundraisers. Um, but it, it's we don't survive on ticket sales or concession sales. It's it's you know what my boss says. He we're we're in it for the hearts and minds. We're winning the hearts and minds from the programming that we have. We do a lot of uh, documentaries and foreign films, things that people don't see regularly, and then they can have a great conversation afterwards about what they just saw and seeing a different perspective of the world. Um, so it's it's a passion. It's a passion project. Absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's the really the only job I've had, and uh, I I love it because you know I've gotten to know 
a lot of folks that come in all the time. And, uh, yeah, it's, we, we're constantly evolving as well to try to stay relevant. So we've, we've got certain programming that, um, we do on Tuesdays where we, we do bad sci-fi films and people can heckle the screen or we do a, an old film noir that, um, that people really enjoy. And then one that's, that's, uh, a common, program for us is the last Tuesday of every month we have a silent film with live music um and the house band for that their name is Sonic Chromatic and it's just two guys one on a organ or a baby grand piano and then the other guys doing percussion and they do their own um improvised score to an old silent film oh and my that's goodness. a, a I, pretty I, big I gotta uh, go to the next one I don't know yeah, what's yeah. on my calendar I gotta go to the next right. one of those that sounds great absolutely yeah and so you know we're we're doing that kind of stuff um we're holding film festivals we uh we partner with a film festival that does a queer film festival currently we're doing a jewish film festival uh we've done other um international film festivals um so you know we're we're getting we're we're getting people in that that are curious about what the world has to offer in as far as cinema goes so it's a fun job. Oh, and and thanks for doing that. I mean, I've always tried to uh, hunt down those places, and a lot of times, um, out of necessity yeah. for the films that sure. you know that that I've uh, wanted to see. And uh, so, what, what was what was the best uh, what was the best film you you've seen within the last you know say six months? Oh, six months. Well. Specifically at the dark side, I would say it wasn't six months ago. I'm I'm cheating a little bit. It was That's fine. I think last year. Um, you were never really here with Joaquin Phoenix, where he plays the uh, the veteran who rescues young girls from uh, sex trafficking in New York, I believe, and it's directed by I Lynn Ramsey. Yeah. Oh, it's it's phenomenal. It's directed by Lynn Ramsey. She's done four films. That was her fourth film. Okay. And it's, I think it's it's a masterpiece. It's one of the films that, um, that I would like to make. That it fits that category for me. And every every step of the way, it was just perfect. Um, not a missed note in the whole thing. Um, in fact, once it was done, it's a heavy film. But once it was done, I wanted to watch it again just because I couldn't. I couldn't articulate how I felt about it quite yet. And yeah, I know. When, a film, I, I, when a film hits me like that, it's like, oh boy, I got to sit on this one for a while because that, that was something else. So I would yeah, say that I, one. I know that feeling. That's a, that's, that's a good tip on that one. And related to it as far as how did the music interact with the film? Um, did, we, did you pick up a lot on that? Yeah, the, so the score was done by Johnny Greenwood, who is a member of Radiohead, and he's been doing... Um, of film course. scores for yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson lately. In fact, his score for the film Phantom Thread is phenomenal, um, which is also a great film. Um, yeah, it's it, it's it's not overwhelming, and it kind of goes subterranean in in parts where you're you don't really notice it's there, but it 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 holds everything together in the moment. Um, yeah, it, it's non-intrusive. Uh, it just works really well with the film. And I think Johnny Greenwood, he does a pretty good job of that. Yeah, i I known he had done uh, some of that work. And you see some really uh, amazing, um, 
I think uh, I've seen some offshoots from, you know, bands that I really in, enjoyed and them going to film scores and I find them mm-hmm. just to be phenomenal uh, and, and just great terrain to go into. But even, uh, you know, Nick Cave and I think one of the collaborators sure. with um, uh, Portishead, I think it was maybe yes, Jeff Barrow. Yes, yeah, he love does Jeff some, Yeah, he does some incredible stuff. Um, I definitely... Um, it heard in the work that that you had done. It sounds like some creating that kind of world with sound. Um, Absolutely, that was that was really uh, cool to inhabit. And of course, with Greenwood, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I, I I'd imagine yourself being into you know kind of the great music and or, or great bands to enjoy sure. in those guys. Um, yeah, no. In fact, Jeff Barrow, um, he's in a group called Beak, and I recently saw them. I think it was six months ago or so. And they rarely come to the U.S. And when they were coming up to Portland, my friend Kellen and I, we had to go because that's a big inspiration for us. Portishead and and Beak specifically. But, yeah, he's great. Uh, well, that's that's uh, there's a few tangents I'm going to have to follow after that. After yeah, the sure. program here. Uh, most most definitely. Um, so we got uh, a couple a couple more things. I mean, one of the. Th- one of the things uh, that we talked about um, in this is for me to kind of get into your head a bit and talk about, you know, the creative process and and, mm-hmm. and why you create things. And the the show itself as as a whole asked, you know, the question, why is there something rather than nothing? Um, applied to art a lot of times. Um, but, you know, one of the things I heard in uh, your in your songs in the in in the music was kind of like this landscape where it seems that things were there and then things and sounds appeared um, out of that. So it really prompted that uh, question um, in my head, um, you know, for you, mm-hmm. and you can answer it with reference to the piece. But why is there something rather than nothing? Um. Well. There has to be, in my mind, I think there has to be, there has to be something because if there isn't, then um, you fall into nothing. And when you fall into nothing, you become stagnant uh, creatively or just in, in general. Um, so there ha- you, have to, you have to put something out there. Um, and a lot of times, uh, something comes from nothing. Um, you could, you could be in a very dark place or, or, uh, in the case of, uh, you know, writer's block, you're stuck. You, there's nothing there, but then you find something wiggles its way in and then you, and then you have something to grab onto. And so you start to make something from nothing. Um, but I, I believe they're always has to be something because that is the driving force for specifically me creatively. Um, I have to, I have to find something to move forward. Uh, inspiration is, is something for me and lots of things inspire me, uh, specifically, uh, you know, cinema that inspires me to create, uh, music and, uh, interactions with, with my friends inspires me to create uh, my family that they inspire me to create and that's all that's all something um so yeah yeah you have to have you have to have something because like i said if you don't have it then things just become nothing 
kind of like uh, the never-ending story. I think the the biggest villain in that film is the nothing. Aha! And <laughs> he might have stumbled you, upon it. <laughs> yeah, you you don't you don't want to go there. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that's uh, uh, thank thank you so much. I mean, that 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 was um, I, re- I really enjoyed um, uh, your description. And, um, you know, on the podcast itself, we're going to continue to explore, you know, those those processes, but also to sure. kind of keep interrogating uh, that question. But I heard a lot of what you had to describe was about moving forward in life and, uh, you know, casting forward energy and you know, mining a bit, you know, psychologically down into where you think, you know, there's, sure. there's nothing but uh, pulling something out. Um, uh, I want to thank you, uh, Joey, Joey Bauer, um, for being on um, something rather than nothing. And um, yeah, thank you. It's It's been a pleasure chatting with you and um, really appreciate, um, uh, you know, the art that you're creating and um uh, keep on doing it because uh, I think when a lot of people hear, um, you know, uh, what you what you have to do uh, within the sounds that you create, um, I think they're going to enjoy uh, exploring uh, those pieces of art you create. And just wanted to thank you again, Joey. Well, thank you, Ken. I appreciate it. Have a great evening. You are listening to something rather than nothing.